My brothers and sisters, today as we commemorate the anniversary of 9-11 and uh, we, our minds go to the place of uh, reflection upon the need for peace in the world. Uh, and with the elections, the U.S. presidential elections coming up, my mind is focused a lot on politics and I'm preparing bullets and stuffers and um, homilies and whatnot on the proper position that the Christian should take in, in the political sphere. And so I think about world peace today, but I also think about peace in our own nation. And it's very important for us as Catholic Christians to be involved in, in what I, what would be termed or what would I would call a, a, a spirit of depolarization. Right now, we have our nation is something similar to like a, a centrifuge, a kind of a machine that you throw stuff into it and it, it, it just separates and it scatters. And this is happening right now uh, because of various reasons. And I think, I think media plays a really, really large role in that centrifugal process. Constitutional government and the democratic process that should uh, characterize a, a constitutional government is a beautiful, beautiful thing, and it's really meant to take differences, uh, people's individual differences, and funnel them into a constructive process that is positive and that builds and that's uh, directed towards the common good. The idea is that if we don't restrain one another in our sincere search for truth, uh, ultimately, there, it's not going to be perfect. It's not a perfect process, but ultimately, on the whole, on the balance, more truth and goodness is going to come out of that than something than falsehood and and um, and things and, and destructive uh, habits or tendencies for for the um, society. The problem is that there's something going on right now where that process is not working. The differences that we have with one another are not constructive. They're definitely they're destructive, and we're really coming apart uh, at at the fabric of our country. And it's extremely evident. Uh, people are angrier now than ever before. I, I just uh, I'm amazed at the anger um, across the political divide, and the inability of people to have reasoned, uh, calm discussion and, and thought thoughtful reflection. In our scriptures today, we have a beautiful example in St. Paul and in Christ's teaching in the gospel of how to be peacemakers, how to help that depolarization process to be a, a force, um, you know, a, centra, a centripetal force instead of a centri- centrifugal force in, in society. And that's so much what we're called to be as Christians. As I say all the time, the, the Catholic Church is called to be the sacrament of the unity of humanity. It's sin and uh, um, you know the sinful inclination that separates humanity. God didn't create us for that reason. He created us to be one human family with a common foe of the devil, not fighting one another. We're supposed to be together as a team fighting evil. Uh, but we are just fighting each other because the devil's winning the battle and he's got us divided against each other. But as Catholics, we're called to be that new humanity that is an example of unity in the world. So how do we, do, you know, be a force for unity? 
St. Paul is a great example. He says, I've become all things to all that I might save at least some of them. Th- that doesn't mean that St. Paul, you know, it's like he changes his opinion whoever he's talking to, you know, like he's just a weathercock that just blows wherever the wind blows, wherever the political wind blows, you know, that's St. Paul. That's not what he's doing. But what he's showing is a remarkable amount of uh, flexibility, personal flexibility, because he has a single vision um, in his mind, and that is the salvation of souls. He has the good of all human beings in his mind, and he's got his priorities straight. And so he knows what battles to fight and what are not going to be worth fighting, um, and he knows when he's speaking to a certain group of people or a particular individual, he can see past the errors that the person has see the kernel of truth in what they're saying and emphasize that when when he's with this person. Now, when he's with another group of people or with another individual that's got a different set of errors, but also some good things about them, he's able to see past the errors, to look at the good things and to focus on those. And so that's what he means by, I'm all things to all men so that I might by all means save some of them. So he's finding common ground with these different groups and he's therefore building a shared space within which to communicate and be in communion with them, not to be at war, but to be unified with them. And it's in that space of common ground that God's grace and the, and the, and the, the gift of conversion can be given to the people that he's speaking to, that he's ministering to. So St. Paul's a beautiful example of that uh, healthy flexibility and open-mindedness and the ability to relate to different people. We need that now more than ever. I'm going to be giving a homily this weekend in Newark um, about how, politically speaking, on the left and the right, there's a lot in common that actually we're just not aware of because the media focuses on differences and not on uh, commonalities. And so we as Catholics can rise above the fray and we can be forces for unity. Um, I'm going to have a nice, nice quote here from the Catechism. Let's see if I can look this up. So I'm going to get talk about media here. This is great here. Now, this Catechism was written in the 90s, before the Internet. Can you imagine that? Right? Before the Internet. And so this is what it says. The means of social communication, especially the mass media, can give rise to a certain passivity among users, making them less than vigilant consumers of what is shown. Users should practice moderation and discipline in their approach to the mass media. They will want to form enlightened and correct consciences the more easily to resist unwholesome influences. That was written before 24-hour news cycle. That was written before uh, mass media, I'm sorry, uh, the Internet with the constant news feed that just reinforces your own particular beliefs. Um, you know, I heard a, an analogy recently I thought was very good. The way that we do news nowadays is very disingenuous because there's money involved with it. So how it works is this. It's a good metaphor. Imagine yourself walking down a street and there's an alley to your left, or to your right, and an alley to your to your left, you know, to your right, to your left. And the alley on my right, I hear a voice, and it says, Hey, do you want to hear what those frickin' liberals just did? And then you're like, Yeah, I want to hear what those frickin' liberals just did. 
Okay, And so you start walking down that alley, and it just so happens on your way towards the end of the alley where you're going to hear this great news that you're really you know, kind of interested in, you just so happen to pass by all these shops and stores that are going to sell you something. Okay, And, and you might actually spend some money and buy one of, these, one of these goods that they're preferring. And then when you get to the end of the alley, the guy that speaks to you, he tells you kind of like a half-truth that's very distorted, and all the while your money's been taken. Okay, or you might be walking down the street and you hear someone cry out, you know, from from the left. You want to hear what those those uh, deplorable conservatives have just done? You're like, yeah, I want to hear what those deplorables just did, you know. And so then you go down that alley, and they're se- and lo and behold, just by chance, you pass by all these shops that are selling you something. Google and Facebook right now, they sell our personal information. Two companies that have that want to sell us something, and so your news feed it is completely like this voice that calls out, and it, it reinforces the echo chamber. So there's no conversation. You see, it's a process of polarization, uh, and uh, they have all your personal data. They know more about you in some ways that you than you might know about yourself. Believe it or not, they can meaning they can sort of make predictions about you, about what you might buy, so forth and so on. It is an unbelievable, uh, huge, large scale social experimentation in social engineering, and it's divisive. And profit is behind it. Profit of a few people who just want profit. They don't care about the common good of the country. Uh, and we need to have that self-control and that vigilance and that discipline to rise above that and to educate ourselves through reading. Okay, We just can't be these passive consumers of visual stimuli. Okay, We will be controlled like lab rats if, we're, if we do that. And uh, this is what happens because the thing is in the world of the digital social media, hatred actually gets clicks. I'm going to click on hatred. Love and calm, reasonable discussion does not get clicks. It doesn't. It's not popular. Um, So we have to use that discipline to rise above that and uh, find that place of common ground and peace. Uh, This is what St. Paul was an expert at. This is what our Lord really is asking us to do. Uh, in the gospel as well. Really think and subject ourselves to critical examination. Oftentimes, the blustering at someone we disagree with is a, it's a cover for an insecurity about our own beliefs because we really are not sure whether our own beliefs are really coherent or make much sense <laughs> or well grounded or whatnot. So we really do need to kind of just sort of put our focus on ourselves and get that big wooden beam out of our own eyes. Like, does it make sense? Is it coherent? So forth and so on. My brothers and sisters, as Catholics, we have a really, really great opportunity to have a very cohesive and coherent worldview. The hist- history of the political left in America is really not older. The ideological history of the political left in America is not older than three, 300 years or so. The history of the political right in America is it's not older than 300 years or so. Okay, the history of Catholic thinking is two thousand years old. We are the adults in the room. Okay, we are the adult. We're not, and and we we should be in this position where we're looking at all the squabbling as a squabbling between little kids 
who have not grown up yet, grown up enough yet to understand that a lot of their disagreements are actually not disagreements, that there's a deeper synthesis that can unify a lot of the good things that they're aiming at and winnow out the bad things. So as Catholics, we are really in a wonderful position, but we have to be Catholics first and then Americans and then members of a particular political party and then someone who watches a particular channel. Okay, But so often we, we reverse that situation. We're first CNN Catholics or we're first Fox Catholics. Okay? Then we're Americans, then we're, you know, so forth and so on. We need to prioritize authentic Catholic social thought and moral thinking. When we do that, we'll be able to be those peacemakers. We'll be able to get the beam out of our own eye, have a coherent perspective on life, all the way from personal moral decisions to uh, political participation, and uh, we'll be able to be a force for unity and for good. We'll be peacemakers. We'll be peacemakers. We'll bring peace into our homeland, and then from there we'll be able to hopefully bring peace to the whole world.